The Corona Caesar, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar by Andrew Hartley. Produced and performed by the undergraduates of the theater department at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Episode 2, Conspiracy. Lucius, I cannot by the progress of the stars give guess how near today. Lucius, I say, I would it were my fault to sleep so soundly. Lucius, awake, I say. What, Lucius? You called? Get me a light for my study, Lucius. I will. It must be by his death. And for my part, I know no personal cause to spurn at him, but for the general. He would be crowned. How that might change his nature, there's the question. It is the bright day that brings forth the adder and that craves wary walking. Crown him that, and then, I grant, we put a sting in him that at his will he may do danger with. The abuse of greatness is when it disjoins remorse from power. And to speak truth of Caesar, I have not known when his affections swayed more than his reason. But tis a common proof that lowliness is young ambition's ladder, whereto the climber upward turns his face. But when he once attains the utmost round, he then unto the ladder turns his back, looks in the clouds, scorning the base degrees by which he did ascend. So Caesar may, then, lest he may prevent. And since the quarrel will bear no color for the thing he is, fashion it thus, that what he is augmented would run to these and these extremities. And therefore think him as a serpent's egg, which hatched would, as his kind, grow mischievous, and kill him in the shell. Searching the window for a light, I found this paper thus sealed up. And I'm sure did not light her when I went to bed. Get you to bed again. It is not day. Is not tomorrow, boy, the Ides of March? I know not. Look in the calendar and bring me word. I will. Brutus, thou sleepst. Awake and see thyself. Shall roam, etc. Speak, strike, redress. Brutus, thou sleepst. Awake. Such instigations have been often dropped where I have took them up. Shall roam, etc. Thus must I piece it out. Shall Rome stand under one man's awe? What, Rome? My ancestors did from the streets of Rome the Tarquin drive when he was called a king. Speak, strike, redress. 
Am I entreated to speak and strike? O Rome, I make thee promise, if the redress will follow, thou receivest thy full petition at the hand of Brutus. Marcus wasted fourteen days. Tis good. Go to the door. Somebody knocks. Since Cassius first did wet me against Caesar, I have not slept. Between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion, all the interim is like a phantasma or a hideous dream. The genius and the mortal instruments are then in council, and the state of man, like to a little kingdom, suffers then the nature of an insurrection. It's your brother Cassius at the door, who doth desire to see you. Is he alone? No, there are more with him. Do you know them? No. Their hats are plucked about their ears, and half their faces buried in their cloaks, that by no means I may discover them by any mark of favor. Let them enter. They are the faction. O oh, conspiracy, shamest thou to show thy dangerous brow by night when evils are most free? O oh, then by day, where wilt thou find a cavern dark enough to mask thy monstrous visage? Seek none conspiracy. Hide it in smiles and affability. Uh, I think we are too bold upon your rest. Good morrow, Brutus. Do we trouble you? I have been up this hour, awake all night. Know I these that come along with you, Cassius? Yes, every one of them. And no one here but honors you. And every one doth wish you had but that opinion of yourself which every noble Roman bears of you. Give me your hands all over, one by one. Here, shake, and let that be a promise sealed. This is Trebonius. Brutus. You are welcome hither. This Decius Brutus. Brutus. You are welcome too. This Casca. Brutus. This Cinna. Brutus. And this Metellus Simber. Brutus. You are all welcome. Uh, but what of Cicero? Shall we sound him? I think he will stand very strong with us. Let us not leave him out. No, by no means. But let us have him, for his silver hairs will purchase us a good opinion, and buy men's voices to commend our deeds. It shall be said, his judgment ruled our hands, our youths and wildness shall no whit appear, but all be buried in his gravity. Oh, name him not. Let us not break with him, for he will never follow anything that other men begin. Hmm. Uh, then leave him out. Indeed, he is not fit. Mm -hmm. Shall no man else be touched but only Caesar? Ah, Decius, well urged. I think it is not meet Mark Antony, so well beloved of Caesar, should outlive Caesar. We shall find of him a shrewd contriver, and you know his means, if he improve them, may well stretch so far as to annoy us all. Which to prevent? Let Antony and Caesar fall together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Our course will seem too bloody, Caius Cassius. To cut the head off and then hack the limbs like wrath and death and envy afterwards. For Antony is but a limb of Caesar. Let us be sacrificers, but not butchers, Caius. 
We all stand up against the spirit of Caesar, and in the spirit of men there is no blood. Oh, that we then could come by Caesar's spirit and not dismember Caesar. But alas, Caesar must bleed for it. And, gentle friends, let's kill him boldly, but not wrathfully. Let's carve him as a dish fit for the gods, not hew him as a carcass fit for hounds. And let our hearts, as subtle masters do, stir up their servants to an act of rage, and after seem to chide him. This shall make our purpose necessary, and not envious, which so appearing to the common eyes, we shall be called perjurers, yes. not murderers. Mm-hmm. And for Mark Antony, think not of him. For he can do no more than Caesar's arm when Caesar's head is off. Mm -hmm. Yet I fear him, for in the engrafted love he bears to Caesar. Alas, good Cassius, do not think of him. If he loves Caesar, all that he can do is to himself take thought and die for Caesar. (laughs) And that were much he should, for he is given to sports, to wildness, and much company. There is no fear in him. Let him not die. For he will live and laugh at this hereafter. Peace. Count the clock. The clock hath stricken three. It's time to part. But it is doubtful yet whether Caesar will come forth today or no. He fears the sickness more than he admits unto his followers. His doctors yet may keep him from the capital today. Never fear that. If he be so resolved, I can or slay him. For he loves to hear his flatterers praise his courage. But when I tell him he hates flatterers, he says he does, being then most flattered. <laughs> Let me work. For I can give his humor the true bent, and I will bring him to the capital. Nay, we will all of us be there to fetch him. By the eighth hour, is that the uttermost? Be that the uttermost, and fail not then. Caius Ligarius doth bear Caesar hard, who rated him for speaking well of Pompey. I wonder none of you have thought of him. Mm. Now, good Metellus, go along by him. He loves me well, and I have given him reasons. Send him but hither, and I'll fashion him. The morning comes upon us. We'll leave you, Brutus. And friends, disperse yourselves, but all remember what you have said, and show yourselves true Romans. Good friends, look fresh and merrily. Let not our looks put on our purposes, but bear it as our Roman actors do, with untired spirits and formal constancy. And so, good morrow to you, everyone. Good morrow. Brutus, my love. Portia, what mean you? Wherefore rise you now? It is not for your health thus to commit your weak condition to the raw, cold morning. Nor for yours, neither. You've ungently, Brutus, stolen from my bed. And yesternight at supper you suddenly arose and walked about, musing and sighing with your arms across. And when I asked you what the matter was, you stared upon me with ungentle looks. I urged you further, 
Then you scratched your head and too impatiently stamped with your foot. Yet I insisted. Yet you answered not. But with an angry wafture of your hand gave sign for me to leave you. So I did. Fearing to strengthen that impatience which seemed too much enkindled. And withal hoping it was but an effect of humor. Which sometime hath his hour with everyone. It will not let you eat, nor talk, nor sleep. And could it work so much upon your shape, as it hath much prevailed on your condition, I should not know you, Brutus. Dear, my love, make me acquainted with your cause of grief. I am not well in health, and that is all. Brutus is wise, and were she not in health, she would embrace the means to come by it. Why, so I do. Good Portia, go to bed. Is Brutus sick? And is it physical to walk unbraced and suck up the humors of the dank morning? What, is Brutus sick and she will steal out of her wholesome bed to dare the vile contagion of the night and tempt the roomy and unpurged air to add unto her sickness? No, my Brutus, you have some sick offense within your mind, which by the right and virtue of my place I ought to know of. I charm you. By all your vows of love and that great vow which did incorporate and make us one that you unfold to me, yourself, your half, why you are heavy, and what men tonight have had resort to you. For here have been some six or seven who did hide their faces even from darkness. Beg not, gentle Portia. I should not need if you were gentle, Brutus. Within the bond of marriage, tell me, Brutus, is it accepted I should know no secrets that appertain to you? Am I yourself, but, as it were, in sort or limitation, to keep with you at meals, comfort your bed, and talk to you sometimes? Dwell I but in the suburbs of your good pleasure? If it be no more, Portia is Brutus's harlot, not her wife. You are my true and honorable wife, as dear to me as are the ruddy drops that visit my sad heart. If this were true, then should I know this secret? Tell me your counsels, I will not disclose them. O ye gods, render me worthy of this noble wife. Someone knocks. Portia, go in a while, and by and by thy bosom shall partake the secrets of my heart. All my engagements I will construe to thee the charactery of my sad brows. I will. But I will hold you to it. Lucius, who's that knocks? Here is a sick man that would speak with you. Caius Ligarius, that Metellus speak of. <coughs> Boy, stand aside. Caius Ligarius, how are you? Vouchsafe, good morrow, from a feeble tongue. Oh, what a time you have chosen, brave Caius, to wear a face mask. <coughs> Would you were not sick? I am not sick. If Brutus have in hand any exploit worthy the name of honor. Such an exploit have I in hand, Flagarius, had you a healthful ear to hear of it. By all the gods that Romans bow before, I here discard my sickness. Soul of Rome, derived from honorable loins, thou, like an exorcist, hast conjured up my mortified spirit. 
Now bid me run, and I will strive with things impossible. Yea, get the better of them. What's to do? A piece of work that will make sick men whole. But are not some whole that we must make sick? That must we also. What it is, my Caius, I shall unfold to thee as we are going, to whom it must be done. Set on your pace, and with that heart new fired, I follow you, to do I know not what, but a suffice that Brutus leads me on. Follow me, then. continue to come in of unrest in the street. In violation of curfew, Caesar supporters held a rally protesting pandemic restrictions in the marketplace. The gatherings were largely peaceful, though most of the protesters were unmasked and did not practice safe social distancing protocols. The protests dissolved before midnight due mainly to the inclement weather, though reports of strange events also spread through the city. Nor heaven nor earth have been at peace tonight. Thrice have Calpurnia in her sleep cried out, Help ho! They murder Caesar. Who is within? Sir? Go bid the priest do present sacrifice and bring me their opinions of success. I will, sir. Excuse me. What mean you, Caesar? Think you to walk forth? You shall not stir out of your house today. Caesar shall forth. The things that threaten me ne'er looked but on my back. When they shall see the face of Caesar, they are vanished. Caesar, I have never stood on ceremonies, yet now they fright me. Did you not hear the news? A lioness hath whelped in the streets, and graves have yawned and yielded up their dead. Fierce, fiery warriors fought upon the clouds, in ranks and squadrons in right form of war, which drizzled blood upon the capital. The noise of battle hurtled in the air, horses did neigh and dying men did groan, and ghosts did shriek and squeal about the streets. Oh, Caesar, these things are beyond all use, and I do fear them. What can be avoided whose end is purposed by the mighty gods? Yet Caesar shall go forth, for these predictions are to the world in general, as to Caesar. When beggars die, there are no comets seen. The heavens themselves blaze forth the death of princes. Cowards die many times before their deaths. The valley had never tastes death but once. Of all the wonders that I have yet heard, it seems to me most strange that men should fear, seeing that death an unnecessary end. Come when it will come. And what say the augurs? They would not have you to stir forth today. Plucking the entrails of an offering forth, they could not find a heart within the beast. The gods do this in shame of cowardice. Caesar should be a beast without a heart, if he should stay at home today for fear. No. Caesar shall not. Danger knows full well that Caesar is more dangerous than he. We are two lions littered in one day, and I the elder and more terrible. 
and sees Ashoka fall. Alas, my love, your wisdom is consumed in confidence. Do not go forth today. Call it my fear that keeps you in the house and not your own. We'll send Mark Antony to the Senate house, and he shall say you are not well today. Let me upon my knee prevail in this. <sighs> Mark Antony shall say I'm not well. And for thy humor, I will stay at home. Here's Decius Brutus. She shall tell them so. Good morrow, worthy Caesar. I come to fetch you to the Senate house. And you are come in very happy time to bear my greeting to the senators and tell them that I will not come today. Cannot is false, and that I dare not falsely. I will not come today. Tell them so, Decius. Say he is sick. Shall Caesar send a lie? Have I in conquest stretched mine arms so far to, to be afraid to tell Greybeards the truth? Decius, go tell them Caesar will not come. Most mighty Caesar, let me know some cause, lest I be laughed at when I tell them so. The cause is in my will. I will not come. That's enough to satisfy the Senate. But for your private satisfaction, because I love you, I will let you know. Help her here. My wife stays me at home. She dreamt tonight she saw my statue, which, like a fountain with an hundred spouts, did run pure blood. And many lusty Romans came smiling and did bathe their hands in it. And these does she applied for, for, for warnings and portents and evils imminent. And on her knee hath begged that I will stay at home today. This dream is all a misinterpreted. It was a vision, fair and fortunate. Your statue, spouting blood in many pipes, in which so many smiling Romans bathed, signifies that from you great Rome shall suck reviving blood, and that great men shall press for tinctures, stains, relics, and cognizance. This by Calpurnia's dream is signified. In this way have you well expounded it. And know it now. The Senate have concluded to give this day a crown to mighty Caesar. If you shall send them word you will not come, their minds may change. Besides, it were a mock apt to be rendered for someone to say, break up the Senate till another time when Caesar's wife shall meet with better dreams. <laughs> if Caesar hide himself, Shall they not whisper? Lo, Caesar is afraid. Pardon me, Caesar, for my dear, dear love to our proceeding bids me tells you this, and reason to my love is liable. How foolish do your fears seem now, Calpurnia? I am ashamed I did yield to them. Give me my coat, for I will go. And look, <laughs> where Brutus has come to fetch me. Good morrow, Caesar. Welcome, Brutus. Good morrow, Casca. Caesar. Caius Ligarius. Caesar was ne'er so much your enemy, and as that same sickness which hath made you lean. What is it, o'clock? Caesar, tis struck an eight. I thank you for your pains and courtesy. See, 
Antony, that rebel's log of knights, is notwithstanding up. <laughs> Good morrow, Antony. So to most noble Caesar. <laughs> Bid them prepare within. I am to blame to be thus waited for. Now, Cinna, now, Metellus, what Trebonius? I have an hour's talk in store for you. Remember that you call on me today. Be near me that I may remember you. Caesar, I will. And so near will I be that your best friend shall wish I had been further. Good friends, go in and taste some wine with me. And we, like friends, will straightway go together. That every like is not the same, O Caesar, the heart of Brutus yearns to think upon. In the Corona Caesar, the part of Brutus was played by Ren Bell, Cassius by Drew Coley, and Mark Antony by Anthony Neal. Dylan Ireland played Caesar and Cinna the Poet. Elijah Hensley was Casca, and Amy Kaka was Portia and Morellis. Isabel Grise played Calpurnia. Tanner Bowers Octavius, his servant, and Artemidorus. Alexander Gomes was Flavius, Trebonius, and Lucius. Natalie Perkins was Decius. Raiden Leader was the Soothsayer and Metellus Simber. Zoe Lee Turner was the Newsreader, Cinna, and Papilius Lena. Micah Conti was Caius Ligarius and Antony's servant. Citizen, security officer, and servant roles were shared by members of the cast. The show was adapted and directed by Andrew Hartley and mixed and mastered by Benjamin G. Stickles. Christopher Barry was the voice and acting coach, Gianna Agostino, the sound designer, and Megan St. Armand, the dramaturg. Stage management was by Alexis Fine and Emmanuel Powell under the supervision of Rachel Watkins. Music was composed and performed by Gianna Agostino, cello, and Andrew Hartley, guitars. Other production elements were managed by members of the Department of Theater faculty and those of the Performing Arts Service Unit at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, with special consultation from Hallie Hutchison, Bruce Auerbach, and Gordon Olson, who also designed the production logo. This show was rehearsed, recorded, and released under COVID-19 social distancing protocols in the fall of 2020. This production is copyrighted 2020 by the University of North Carolina. All rights reserved. Please consider supporting the Department of Theater during this challenging time. Your gift will go directly to our programs and student scholarships and will help us continue to deliver creative content to you. Thank you for championing the arts at UNC Charlotte. Please visit unccboxoffice.com to make your gift today.